In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One who comes to us in order to show us our sin, so that He might show us our Savior. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, when I was a kid, right around age 11 or 12, I had this book. It was a green little journal type book with blank pages on the inside, and I had written on it, Top Secret, in big, bold letters. And I even wrote this little curse on the inside flap, just in case anybody didn't see the big, bold, top secret. I wrote this thing that said something to the effect of, My name is Jay Winters. That's a bad idea if you're going to do anything top secret, by the way. (laughs) My name is Jay Winters. And if you read this book, horrible things will happen to you. Blah, 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 blah. You know, sign it, date it, whatever. And then on the inside of that book, I did something really just kind of weird for a kid my age. I I began to write down all of the things that I did that I knew were bad. Um, And and I I wrote them all down there because I thought that if if I wrote these things down, that somehow then I, I wouldn't have to deal with them anymore. And so I wrote them down in my top secret book and hoping that nobody would ever find my top secret book that I had written my name in. I obviously wasn't too bright. Um, and, and I wrote those things down there, and, and all of these, you know, these horrible sins of a 11 and 12-year-old kid, and all of those things that you feel just really horrible about, all of those things that you feel really ashamed of, all of those things that just really were weighing down on my soul. And then we moved when I was about 13. And there was an old abandoned building, an old abandoned house in our neighborhood. And I had this top secret book with uh, basically the confession of all of my sins at the time. And I thought to myself, well, if I pack this, then there's a chance that my parents are going to see it. They're going to open up one of those boxes and they're going to open it up and they're going to see what a horrible person I am. And I didn't want that to happen. And so what I did instead was I I took my top secret book and I went to that abandoned house. And you could get in it. We we used to like play around in there, uh, which was probably something that I should have written in that book. Um, <laughs> And I took it and I hid it away in in a closet inside of that old abandoned house. And then we moved far, far away. And to this day, I kind of wonder. I kind of wonder if it be, because we were the only white family for miles where I lived. And uh, and so people knew who Jay Winters was. And uh, looking back at it, I remember that I wrote my name in there. And I'm just thinking, these people that opened up this book and were like, he was really a horrible kid. Look at all of this stuff. And it filled me with such fright for such a long time. But that's a lot what our lives are like as Christians sometimes. Especially as Christians who understand that we're sinners. 
and we have this other part of our theology of understanding that we're Christians. We understand that we're sinners. We understand that we do bad things. We understand that we could even fill up probably notebook after notebook after notebook full of those bad things that we have done and those ways in which we have broken God's commandments. And that's not the most scary part of it. The most scary part of that is that God has full access to all of our little top secret books. And that's what we're finding out in pretty much all of the readings for this morning. We find out that Eli's sort of secret of his sons and how he had become an ineffective priest of Israel, how that secret that he had been trying to hide not only from other people but especially from himself he didn't want to think about his sons falling so far from the tree that he hid it from himself it seems and God had to step in and call out to young Samuel this little boy prophet whose first act of prophecy was probably one of the hardest things that he ever had to do to go to this surrogate father of his and to tell him the bad news that God had looked into his top secret life and that that was revealed. Then later on in the psalm we find out, we even confess together that God knows our very being. He knows our bodies. He knows what we do with our bodies. He knows all of the things that have to do with this flesh that we have on us. That He even knew us before we knew ourselves. He knew us before we were conscious of having a self as a little baby. And then later on, Paul is talking to the people of Corinth and calling them out for sins that they have been committing, thinking that they've been Largely in secret. They've been eating food that they shouldn't be eating. Now we're not just talking about donuts. We're talking about food that's been offered to idols. But honestly, how many of us in this room, maybe not food offered to idols, but how many of us can confess the sin of eating something that we know we should not probably eat? I was talking to some college students, of course not college students from FSU, they would never do this sort of thing, Um, college students from uh, the University of Florida this weekend, and they were telling me about how they were eating deep fried bacon. If that's not a sin, it's at least close. But they were doing other things than just eating stuff that was offered to idols. They were also committing fornication. They were going out and finding prostitutes and they were joining their bodies with those prostitutes and I'm just thinking that that probably wasn't something that they did in public or wanted to be out in the public light. And then finally we get to the gospel reading, that gospel reading where Jesus meets Nathaniel. And right before Jesus meets Nathaniel, Nathaniel says this sort of flippant remark, doesn't he? His his friend Philip comes by and he says, you know, we found him. We found the Messiah. 
We found the one who is going to be the ruler of Israel, the one who is the son of God. And he's this guy named Jesus. His father is Joseph, and he comes from this town called Nazareth. And Nathaniel goes, Really? Nazareth? Nothing ever good comes from Nazareth. And then he traipses over to go and see this Jesus that Philip has been telling him, him about. And Jesus says, Oh yeah, I know you. You were underneath the fig tree. And Nathaniel's probably thinking in his mind, Oh, well, if he knows that I was underneath the fig tree, he knows what I was saying about his hometown. And oddly enough, he's still sort of friendly to me. Sometimes it's a little bit of a shock to our system to understand that we have a God who is omniscient. A God who knows what we do. A God who sees not only our outside appearance and the things that we do, but also sees into our hearts and understands the motivations for what we do. It's really kind of a frightening concept if you think about it. That a holy God who can do all sorts of horrible things to us knows exactly how dirty and depraved we can be. It's ultimately frightening. And yet, he tells us that he knows those things about us. He tells us that he knows who we are, so that then we can know who his son is and what his son has come to do for us. I'm always interested. There's two ways to talk about sin in the church. And it's the singular and the plural. We can talk about sins, plural. And we can talk about those things that we do on a regular basis. Those things that we're maybe trying to hide from God. Those things that we can isolate that's a sin. I know that's a sin. But we're, we're much less willing to talk about sin, singular. We're much less willing to talk about the disease that lives inside of us. The sin, the brokenness that lives inside of us that causes us to commit all of those other sins. And especially when it comes to repentance, it gets a little bit kind of crazy. Because if we're really over here on the side of sins, plural, we feel like we can pick and choose which one of those that we're going to repent of. We feel like we can say, Okay, God, you can have my sins from Tuesday to Thursday. The rest of them, either, A, I want to keep doing them, so please keep your nose out. Or, B, I'll handle these myself. I'll, I'll work this out myself. I don't need you in my life to help me to work these sins through. And God comes and says, I see your sins, plural. But I also see your sin, singular. 
I see it all. And you don't get to pick and choose. They're all bad. They're all broken. And they all need me. Don't hide them from me. It doesn't work anyway. Give them to me. I died on a cross because I knew those sins were there. I died on a cross because I wanted to wipe those sins away. I wanted to be the only person, and I'm the only person who could ever hide those sins so well that nobody will ever see them. I obliterated them. I hid them underneath my cross, underneath my blood, forever. They stay in my tomb, and I came out of that tomb. So that you don't have to worry about hiding your sins.